0: Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs.
1: We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Let's go! I can't wait till Saturday for this game anymore. I need something. I need drugs or soup or something. Drugs or soup.
2: I can connect you to Soup. I think you're gonna have to go to Hayes for okay. the drugs. Well, you know That's why I hang out with both of you.
1: I, you know what? If I if I needed We're Soup,
3: well-rounded
2: outfit. If I needed that's Soup,
3: true. you are the person I'd go to for sure. And if I needed drugs, Hayes is one who I regularly go to. So <laughs> it's drugs a, or Soup sounds like a Nirvana album. from it,
1: 1995
3: or something. So um,
1: I'm make ready. It
2: that tattoo. Um, drugs yeah. or Soup. I'm ready. You ready? I am ready. I think we've made it. Uh, now we're just over 48 hours away. I can feel.
1: Oh, I can too.
2: That people are starting to make plans and, you know, exactly get their spot on the couch ready because they know where they've been the last few weeks. I, I can feel it.
1: Send off tomorrow. That's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. People are going to go down to the stadium and send off They're the going to all
2: be there for you yelling, how good is that? <laughs>
1: so there's that. Um, the uh, uh, Not so much for the players. No, just you. I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, so it's nine thirty to eleven thirty.
2: That is correct, sir.
1: So that's when the, when the people will be down there. So and then the team goes. And I know uh my bus, the bus I'm on, leaves the stadium at eleven thirty. I know that. That's what I do. That's all I know. But I think the players actually drive out to the airport. So I don't think they'll be on the bus. But how about that? I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to call some signals today. Blue thirty eight. Blue thirty eight. Ready?
2: Hut hut hut. Nobody jumps. You know, getting I,
1: better. And I, I was trying to draw he's off sides, but it was just a, it was a hard count and he's, and he's gotten too good. So a right, lot of things to talk about today on the uh, program. Um, the how to win. We've talked about it at length. I got maybe another little spin on what I think um, might happen, what I think the Chiefs might do, what I think the Jags might do. So we'll certainly talk about that. It's been a talk all week long. How big would the win be? Where would it compare if they beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Regardless of what happens next week in the AFC Championship game. It'll be the fourth time they've advanced to this they've never advanced beyond it but it has been the fourth time they've been ad- where does it rank among the other three compared to the other three where does it rank um in just big wins um opponents you have beaten where does beating Patrick Mahomes rank I mean I, I just want to I'm going to rank it a little bit because I'm, I'm I like that I'm excited about that so where's the we'll start with talk about that um Byron Leftwich got fired today what's his where, where's he headed is, is he is someone else going to hire him as a coordinator?
3: What's your, what's your guess on that? It, he could get that. I, I don't think other clubs are going to greatly blame him yeah. for what happened in Tampa Bay this season. So I, I think he's got a chance at a coordinator job elsewhere. I certainly think the worst scenario is he has four or five offers to be a quarterback coach somewhere uh in the NFL. So I I would be really surprised if, if Lefwich doesn't have opportunities. Uh, he may elect to sit out, but I I would imagine he will be an assistant in the NFL next year. Right, well, I got a thought about I I'm gonna get to that, but I got a thought about about Byron Leftwich. And it, it may be a good thought about him. But, but we're gonna come to
1: that a little bit later on in the uh, program. So we'll certainly talk about that. Uh Brett Hastings going to join us at the top of the next hour. We're here from two to four today, as you know, on uh Thursdays in season. Uh I really want to ask Brett What are Jaden Rashada's legal possibilities? What are his legal rights in this? And what would determine whether or not he can sue somebody, who he can sue, what are realistic damages, what would Brett need to have seen? You know what I mean? I I mean, we hear so much about, well, he pulled out, he's considering. I've read two or three places now that he's reportedly considering his legal options. Does he have legal options? I mean, I guess if you had a written contract, you you have, right? I mean, if you... If someone signed you to a legal contract to pay you X and then decided not to pay you, you can sue them. And we, that's common sense, right? What's your guess on it? And again, Brett will have the answer. Yeah, this will be fascinating
3: month. to see. Cause there's not, you know, in the legal world, you rely on precedent so much to sort of guide you and what's going to happen. And this, the NIL is, is also new. Now contracts aren't right. Uh, that's obviously, you know, goes back, you know, centuries, but in terms of, in terms of the NIL component and who what what I think is going to be really interesting from to get Brett's expertise on is what is the what is the link between the collective and the university and cuz that's got to be the essence of the case I would think the the Gator collective doesn't have all that much money I wouldn't think it only formed Two years ago, yeah, something yeah. like that, right? Uh, so obviously, it has money, but it doesn't have University of Florida money. But can you sue? And I'll ask Brett this:
1: you, I'm asking us all questions we don't know the answer to. But can you sue the person who's the the resident agent or the registered agent of the of the collective? Every every business has a registered agent. If that person has millions and millions and millions, can you sue them? Yeah, you know, can you can you go beyond just the, the LLC or whatever it is? I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, 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 it's really interesting.
2: And I wonder if you sign, Look, let's take the Tennessee quarterback, Nico Amaliva. if you if you sign your NIL and after two years you want to leave, what happens then? Do yeah. both parties have to agree that you're allowed to leave? It's not, I mean, the NIL then adds a different layer to the transfer portal. If you're actually getting money to play at a school, what happens if you want to go to a different school?
1: And here's the other question I, I've got about all of it. If it's Against NCAA rules, to use it as an enticement, which is what everybody tells us, then why isn't anybody on probation? It's clearly been used as an ent- There's no doubting it. Is it, is it, it want, I, they can't prove it?
2: I think the NCAA is afraid to get in the mix because state legislator is diff- legislature is different from state to state. So I think the NCAA is sitting back going, well, we're out of it, yeah. so good luck.
1: Well, and I think you're dead on. I think what you said is exactly right. I think the NCAA doesn't want to... does. They're not legalities. They have rules. They have a private organization with the rules. They certainly don't want to violate the law, but they still have the rules. So are the rules? Is it not the rule anymore? You know? Yeah. I mean, is that no longer? Is that no longer the case? So, um, and and so anyway. But but, but it's a fascinating source. We'll Do turn. they
2: even have the manpower to be able to investigate every single potential oh, now case of well, it? That's always been
1: the question about the, about the, the right because now that in. there's a collective, yeah.
2: As long as it goes, the money is funneled to the collective, the NCAA yeah. can't do anything. And
1: so we'll talk all about that. Uh, Gator basketball last night, we were watching it. The Florida basketball team was 2 of 26. We all watched it. You three of us were watching it at Isla Wing last night.
2: In the first half.
1: It was, it was Carlion it. level shooting. I mean, no. <laughs> I've seen you shoot. I think you're better. <laughs> I, it was 2 of 26. They scored 12 points in the first half. You guys know this by now because we all saw it, I assume. It's the fewest amount of points they've had in a half since 1966. Okay?
3: And I have to assume that team was drunk. Okay.
1: 1966, all right? So in, in January, February of 1966, I was seven. I got to believe I had a 12-point half somewhere along the line in, in fourth-grade basketball, right? I mean, it didn't wouldn't you think? I mean, third
3: grade basketball, second grade, whatever, seven years old is. Yeah, we're we're watching the game and and we're talking as we're watching it. So it was, you know, we're not locked into every single thing that's happening. You knew they were playing awful. The score told you that, but it wasn't. I wasn't aware of just how woeful it was until they put the graphic up with like a minute before they <laughs> yeah. got to half, and yeah. it was at that point two of twenty-one, I think, or yeah. something. It right. it was, it was grotesque. Well,
1: what could and be still
2: wor- had a chance to win. What? Well, yeah, but well, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's true. What could be worse than two of twenty one, <laughs>
3: missing your last five shots? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> missing the next five. And shots. And some
3: of them were literally like a guy is under the basket right. by himself right. and misses the putback. Yeah, the uh, I will, Kugel. I, will, I, will, I think it. What, was that? Yeah, it was Kugel. Yeah.
1: At one point, I uh, I said uh, uh, on Twitter, I just wrote that I've Help, this in not very good shooting roster. And someone responded, uh, ah, your way. I stick to football. They've got NBA guys on that roster. I'm like, NBA guys. Which NBA are we talking? Are there more NBAs than I know about? Right, there's there's NBA guys. Yeah, are there now? Like the National Basketball Association, I guess is the NBA he's referring to.
3: Right. I didn't want to be mean, but um, yeah, NBA guys don't see that. Yeah, NBA guys on that roster. Yeah, And and I mean, again, it's it's disappointing because they did play much better in the second half, but they just it's it's been a theme for them, and unfortunately now I think it's it's they've dug themselves such a hole and they've got such a brutal schedule coming up that unless they really surprise us and you know you can't be Owen 7 in quad 1 and even have a remote case at making the NCAA tournament right. and and yeah, now yeah. of the seven quad 1 games they've played they're probably getting ready to play <laughs> four of the harder yeah. seven that, so it's just it's uh They're going to need something special to work their way back in now and and really probably just to advance to any kind of postseason play. All right, so we've got a lot to talk about. We'll we'll touch on that a little bit later on in the program. But let's start with the Jaguars. Let's start with the
1: significance of the win. If they can go beat the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, how much would it mean – where would it rank among great victories the Jaguars have recorded in their 28-year history? That and a whole lot more. Glad you're with us on a, Tuesday, on a Thursday. Always brought to you by our friends at Stanley Pools. It's an old rock Thursday, as you might imagine. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
3: It's an
2: old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be,
0: on the Frangie Show.
1: As I said a week ago, I'm sure there's some Kansas City music out there, but I'm not sure i give a damn, Carline.
3: I don't. Great choice. And uh, Turn that up, Gibby. I think this is exactly what we need to spark a run to the Super Bowl. Old Rock Thursday is going to be Jacksonville
1: music. Again, maybe you've heard of this band. Brooks, they're called Leonard... Skinner, A bunch of Y's in those two words, by the way, okay? That would be no correct. No E's, no O's.
2: Named after a teacher, right?
1: Named after a coach at Lee, what the was coat. then Lee High School, uh, that the Van Zant boys hadn't like very much. That's the story.
2: I think they are one of the best bands of all time.
1: Leonard Skinner today on Old Rock Thursday, because Jacksonville's coming. Duval's coming to Missouri. Have you heard that? Have you heard that? I have. They're coming to God dang Missouri. I'm ready. I'm still ready to play right now. I
3: do think there's going to be... A lot of Jaguar fans there, I, which is going to be awesome.
1: I think the brigade. I think Cap and those guys—they were on with Mike today. I think they've got—they've got just themselves got to block like four hundred tickets. Did you see that? Yeah, that's those fantastic. guys. They're—they're they're pretty much great. I, I'm telling you. If we by the time we go to Buffalo, they may just take the slab with them. I'm, dig it up, dig it up right <laughs> out of the ground. Just dig it up and take it to Buffalo. I'm telling you, they're, they're, they're awesome. They're I awesome. have friends
2: going to the tailgate on Saturday, and it's all inclusive.
1: To the yeah, the, the to yeah. the Bold
2: City tailgate, and then they have fire pits, a DJ, and everything.
1: I sent t- I, I, I texted Cap last week. Just this is awesome. That, that's an awesome group. Mm-hmm. An awesome awesome group. He's put together. I think I, mean, I think I'm gonna go to their party on Friday night. I think I think I'm gonna go with Bo and Logs, and we're gonna we're gonna stop by before we go to dinner. Stop by the brigade part. I can't wait. I'm mean, I'm really excited about it. So there, it, it's behave a, yourself. Yeah, I, I will. I will. I always. Will. I, I will before the night before the game. So, but I but it's a but you're right. Not, and it's not just a brigade. It's just a lot of fans going up. I got a bunch of guys in my neighborhood. Like mm-hmm. eight to ten of my neighborhood are going to be up there. And so, uh, uh, it's going to be. I mean, I think Duval's coming. Hang on. I know. I know you got Arrowhead and all your loud fans and your tailgating. Hang on. Hang on. What I'm told, by the way, is that all around they're trying to make this like the home game of all home games. Because in their mind, it's their last one. Because in their mind, they think they're going to be on a neutral site. They may be wrong. We think they're wrong. But, I mean, so they think this is the last time they'll play in that stadium this year. So they're trying to make that into a big thing. But uh, Duvall's coming. I'm just here to what think. What about well, it the Chiefs? the last
2: time they play in that stadium this What's year. What's that? It, <laughs> said, it may be the last time yeah, they play in, the right. in that stadium Yeah, that's right. One way year. or another. Go ahead, yeah. What about the Chiefs fans trying to twist Trevor's words, saying that he thinks that it won't be as loud and arrowhead that it was here. But he actually did say – you know Arrowhead's one of the best environments in football, and they're trying to say that Trevor's doesn't think it's ever going to be that well, wa- that loud well, well, in if, Arrowhead.
1: If, if what Trevor said is, I can't imagine it being any louder than it was here. Right, right. God bless him. That means he, that means he's he's taken up for our, the local fans here. It was loud here, I, and, yeah.
0: and
3: he did say that obviously when the yeah. offense was out there, yeah. they were quiet. So yeah. again, but it's a uh, yeah. It's, God forbid, Trevor. Trevor. Gave a verbal
1: high five to his awesome fan. Right, God yeah. for God forbid he had the nerve to do that. Yeah, but yeah, you know, settle down, Kansas City. Yeah, it's been spun, but that's yeah, that's yeah, the fun of playoff football. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the other fun: settle down. Okay, Set, you know, I didn't realize check yourself there, Chiefs Nation.
2: Until I watched sounds of the game, I didn't realize that the offense try, had to quiet the Jaguars crowd at one point yeah, in time yeah. because they were so excited.
1: It was a, it was so. I mean, God forbid the guy the guy compliments and thanks his own fans. The, uh um whatever you need for motivation yeah i, I guess but i yeah, I, i can't wait i can't wait to get there i can't wait to get on the bird get off the bird it's uh, it's gonna be an awful lot of fun um where how big's the win i mean they beat the Dolphins 62 to 7 that was in, in retired dan marino they went up there and beat the bills in buffalo three years earlier and retired jim kelly um they've had some gigantic wins here um they they swept the steelers in 2017 the only team that's ever beaten the Steelers twice on their stadium, and the Jags have done it twice. The only, the only time the Steelers have ever been beaten twice in their own stadium in the same season was in 07 and 17, and the Jags are the team that did it both times. So there have been some big wins. Okay? They beat John Elway, by the way. That might be the biggest. I mean, they beat John Elway, who was that day's Patrick Mahomes. So where is this one?
3: Yeah, Baloo and I were talking about this on, on death taxes in Duval just about 20 minutes ago. And to me, it's at it worst two at worst. I I think the Denver game you could make a case for, but this is why I think if, if they win Saturday, it will be the biggest because again, they were such in their infancy when they beat Denver that it was really surprising and it was unbelievably awesome. But I think the, you, you hadn't dealt with any pain, you know, you, you hadn't had to, be lost in the wilderness as a franchise, and 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 now in in 2023, we have experienced that we've experienced droughts, and so I think to go and have Trevor out duel Mahomes, and for Peterson to beat you know his his former teacher and Andy Reid, I, I think it would be number one. I I think again and and really I mean the sports grown so much. I I think that this one to me would have to be number one if they get it done because what's going to have to happen is Trevor Lawrence is going to – there's no way that they're going to win this game with Trevor Lawrence throwing one touchdown and two picks, and I mean, that's not happening. I mean, it, for them to win, Trevor Lawrence is going to have to elevate even, even further. And so uh, I, I think because of that, Trevor Lawrence outdueling Patrick Mahomes, I think it would become the number one best victory in, in franchise history.
2: Yeah, I would say probably second on my list. And two? Yeah, two Denver. Okay. But here's why, to Hayes's point, as to why I think it would be second. I think we could see a Jaguars Chiefs rivalry beginning with Saturday. For the next 15 years, it could be the Jaguars and the Chiefs are the best two teams in the AFC. Sorry, Burrow. Sorry, Josh Allen and so you are now going to have the friction that starts this Saturday.
1: You know, I don't know if I'll, I'll go 15 years, but I but I get your point. You could, this could be I hear you cuz it could be it could be Mahomes and Trevor. And it is Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, you know, and 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 it and it really is and with all with 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 due respect to Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor, they're not as well known as these two guys that have rings. These are two guys that already have the rings, okay? And there's a chance one of them will get another one this year. So um you, you could see that very cool and there is a there is a similarity. There's there's a similarity to the Kansas City Chiefs who play their games in a suburban stadium, not downtown, who don't have a lot of pro teams in town. i uh, obviously got the Royals and their stadiums right next door. But there is a small market matchup feel to this, isn't there? I mean you can say the same thing about Buffalo, I get it. But I mean you, you it has a not down to – and Buffalo, Buffalo fits in that conversation as well. But, yeah, you could, see, you could see a rivalry develop. And there's the Doug Peterson-Andy Reed friendship, so it's a friendly rivalry. But it's a – again, there's not that many coaches coaching right now that have rings. I mean, how many coaches – five or six right now that, have, that, are, that are active right now? It's the top of your head. Uh, these two Tomlin, guys: Tomlin, Belichick. Harbaugh, uh, McCarthy, Belichick, McCarthy, Pete Carroll, Pete Doug Pete Peterson, Peterson, Reed. So that's about seven. Reed, yeah. that's about, and there's probably we're, we may be missing someone along the line, but there's these two guys. There's Belichick, Pete Carroll, Tomlin, Harbaugh, McCarthy.
2: If Sean Payton gets back in, he has yeah, one. But right now he's not in. Right. So right
1: now there's seven. Right now there's 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 seven guys. You know, so there's two of them. It's two of the guys with rings going going head to head here. So this can
2: is, I say we have better barbecue, or is that like a sin?
1: No, you can. And we do. <laughs> you can we, I'm, I, Yes, you can say. Also, how about if I second it? can, <laughs> can I second it with you? Yeah, I got no problem. I've had barbecue both places. I'll second second right now. The uh, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm ready for this one. I, I I am I am ready for this one, and and I will acknowledge that the, the Chiefs are the favored team. I will acknowledge that if I'm if I'm picking it, and if I was a betting man, I don't know if I'd pick the Jags to win the game. But I'm I'm over this. There's three teams playing in the AFC. There are these three high flying teams of the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals, and oh yeah, the the upstart Jaguars are with them. Screw that. I mean, I'm I'm over that. I, I I'm not, and that's not a radio put on. You don't get to the final eight unless you're pretty damn good, and you don't get to the final four of the better of the two conferences unless you're pretty good, and uh, I. I I think the Jag that if you don't think the Jags go up to win this game, you've lost your freaking mind. I really believe that.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Hayes, I reminded Frank at lunch today with our friends from Big Chief Tire that the Jaguars were nine and a half point underdogs to the Patriots back in the twenty seventeen season. So I didn't realize it, it, that they obviously were an eyelash away, a bad referee call away from beating the Patriots.
1: I had forgotten that they were that, that it was nine and a half. Did you remember that? mm I would have thought three or four. I knew we I knew we were underdogs, but I didn't realize until Lauren – said that today that it was Brady it
2: was. v. Bortles bigger point spread
1: yeah, yeah now I would say Brady's better okay <laughs> but but I but I didn't remember because I can tell you this the game sure didn't feel like a nine-point spread no uh, is you're is you calling that game being at that game but it didn't it certainly didn't feel like that so 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 we'll see All right, a lot of things to talk about that I want to get to the uh, the Europe games and who the Jags might play uh when we get over there we'll get to that in a second ways to beat the Chiefs you gotta hold the ball right I mean you can't you can't you know
3: you gotta, You got you to score. You'd rather have a seven-minute seven touchdown drive than a 90-second touchdown. Correct. Drive.
1: You, I, th- I think that is really critical. I, I think seven- or eight-minute drives hold the ball, and I, I think that's really important. I, I think that's really, really, really important. The other thing is they don't run the ball much. The Chiefs are first in the league in offense, first in the league in scoring offense, first in the league in passing offense. Do you realize they're 20th in the league in rushing offense? 20th Mm -hmm. so they're not even in the top half now they don't need if you're if you're if you lead the league in offense you're doing it right it's not like you need to do something differently but it is interesting in the world we're in now that the team that can't have happened very much even when the Patriots would lead the league in offense because of the passing I would have to think they're running as top 10 wouldn't you have thought Mm mm-hmm
3: yeah, the Chiefs are, are so out of balance with that that that's why I don't think you get discouraged if they start running it early on you. Uh, you don't have to worry about the Chiefs saying, okay, we'll just run it 35 times. That's never been in their DNA. And they will go away from it themselves because they get antsy. And, and I get it. You've got Patrick Mahomes. You've got Travis Kelsey, uh, two guys that look like they're headed towards first ballot Hall of Fame status. Uh, many years from now so I, I understand all that but that's why I think if you're the Jaguars you welcome them running the ball and I, I just don't think the Chiefs are going to sit there and run it 45 times in this game even if they're successful with it so don't even try to correct anything or adjust to it just stick with playing the pass for 60 minutes
2: do you think that's where Doug Peterson gets it from as Andy Reid doesn't love to run the ball
1: absolutely well, I certainly think there's similarities. I think there's similarities, but I I think Doug would rather have a little more balance. I think Doug, I think Doug believes in the it just hasn't played out that way yet, but I think he probably believes in a little more of the balance ultimately. But uh, but we'll see what happens. So you got to hold the ball for a while. I don't think you can turn it over. I, I don't think you, and you probably have to steal a possession somehow, whether it's going for it on fourth down, faking a punt, uh, doing something, you know, getting a takeaway or two. I think you probably need more. You probably need more possession, more real possessions than the other team has. I think this is that kind of game, um,
3: and Trevor's got to play spectacularly well. Yeah. It, the passer rating has to be, you know, probably a minimum of one fifteen. Yeah,
1: yeah, that that's right. And, and I and I think uh, he, Trevor's got to have a great game. Tre- tre- Trevor has to. You can't drop passes. You can't miss opportunities in this game. I think that's the big thing. If you have an opportunity.
3: You can't miss the opportunity. And that was the storyline in the first meeting. It was. I mean, Christian Kirk has the drop on the first drive around the Kansas City 10. Uh, They end up punting after the onside kick. Obviously, they had missed field goals. Uh, You know, it it was – there were a lot of mistakes. I mean, I remember us talking about that game on that Monday show. And, I mean, it was hard to fit in seven or eight mistakes into, you know, a thought. There was just so many in that game. So they can certainly play cleaner than they played in Arrowhead. They're probably not going to be plus 3. Uh but if you play if if you don't have the kind of mistakes that you made, if if you're more efficient and they should be, they're a much better team now as they enter game 20 uh or 19 uh than they were uh you know in in you know 2 months ago, but uh but that's going to be the key is uh you know that they're going to they you can't have you know, Zay Jones can't trip, you know, as he's running to collect a easy first down. You know, th- those are the things that we've seen that have been frustrating at times. They're going to have to play close to a perfect game. They've got – Kansas City has got probably three or four
1: really good defensive players. Chris Jones is good at interior defensive lineman as there is in the league. And the Jaguars struggled. They struggled two weeks ago with Tier Tart and Jeffrey Simmons, uh, which was a great pair from the Titans. They struggled against those two. They've got you better block Chris Jones, which means a lot of pressure, obviously, on Tyler Shatley, Luke Fortner, um, Sheriff, whoever's lined up again, because he's a really you better block him. The linebackers are better than people expected. Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, the two linebackers, are really good players. So you gotta go against two really, really, really fa- they may be as fast a linebacker as any pair of the league. They can really run. Those two. Florida fans
2: remember Nick Bolton from oh, Missouri. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and
1: Willie Gay was a Mississippi State guy, two SEC guys. But you're right. Nick Bolton, that last year, was really good. Mm-hmm. So they're really good. And Ladarius Sneed, the one corner, is really good. So they, But they don't have a great secondary. So if you can protect, you can make some yards on them. People, people move the ball on them. People move the ball on them. Now, one of the reasons people move the ball on them is they score so fast that there's more possessions, and teams are always attacking because they're behind. So there's a reason they give up a lot of yards and points, but they do. Whatever the reason is, I think you have to attack them that way. Um, The matchups are, are terribly interesting. They really are.
2: So we talk about the Jaguars need to run the ball. That's certainly the formula that the teams that have beaten the Chiefs have used. How much, Hayes, do you think Trevor will run the ball? We haven't seen him do that a lot. I don't know if that's the toe injury or if that's just wanting to protect him. Do you think, though, all of a sudden his mobility could be a factor?
3: It, it needs to be uh, because that's the kind of supplement that this offense is going to need. It would be fantastic. Again, Burrow ran for 46 yards and a touchdown in the Cincinnati win mm-hmm. over Kansas City in December. So it doesn't have to be a ton, but, yeah, you'd like it to be an element if he's able to do that you know, with some degree of, of comfort. And, uh, again, the toe injury now is – Five weeks, something like that, it feels like, about four or five weeks. At now. least. Because something like that. I feel like the winning streak so, kind of started with the toe. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think that it's it's been able to, to heal up in that time. It is difficult when you're continuing to play on it every week. But, I, but yeah, it'd be great. I, I think if, if Trevor could generate 35 yards on the ground on – Four carries, you know, something like that. I think that would really give them a boost. Yeah, we'll see. They, they're gonna. I can see Trevor taking off and running. I mean, he
1: he he made a big run in the in the comeback when he ran ran and then stepped out of bounds. So we'll see. But uh, fun matchups. We'll certainly talk more about that.
2: It was the Lions game back on no, September. Oh, that's, that's right. That's yeah. the one,
1: so. Hey, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the five uh, games that we know will be in Europe. Some in Germany, some in England. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Who might the Jaguars play? What are your thoughts on that? We'll continue along. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
2: It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. My favorite line from this song, Give Me Three Steps, Bella and Skinner. Hey, fat fellow with your hair colored yellow. For some reason, yeah. I've always liked that one. a line.
1: great song. I mean, this, oh, this, all I of them. Yeah. All the ones you're going to play today yeah, nice. are
2: some of the best. Absolutely the best. Obviously, I grew up in Jacksonville like y'all did, and so Leonard Skinner has a, a place near and dear to my heart. And we love playing Jacksonville music as Duval takes over Kansas City tomorrow. All right, the NFL announced the five teams that are set to play in the 2023 international games. We already knew the Jaguars would play in London. They will play again at Wembley Stadium then you've got the Bills and the Titans playing at Tottenham Hotspur, also in London. The Chiefs and Patriots will play in Germany. And for 2023, there will be no game in Mexico because of the renovations to Estadio Azteca. So you've got games in London as well as Germany for
1: 2023. All right. So, um, so that's the case. so we know the Jags are playing at Wembley. Uh, the opponent, the the away opponents for 2023, because it's going to be one of these guys. The, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the home opponents for 2022 is going to be one of these guys: uh, the Titans, the Colts, the Texans, as always. Ravens, Falcons, Bengals, Panthers, Chiefs, 49ers. Um, now the Titans are already playing a game over there, mm-hmm. so they're they're playing. They're, they're playing a game in, in London. Yeah. So they're in Tottenham. Yeah. Okay. The Jags have already played the 49ers there. Correct. I got to believe they're out. I would okay. think the Jags have played the Texans there. I've got to believe they're out. Okay. the
2: Jags have played the Ravens there the
1: Jags have played the Ravens there so and yeah, the Colts and the Jags have played the Colts there yep. so the only so the Titans already have a game there the Jags have played the Colts Texans Ravens there and the 49ers there that would leave bring on Carolina that would that would leave <laughs> Carolina Cincinnati Atlanta and Kansas City I would imagine you'd want the Chiefs game here
3: I absolutely could, absolutely
1: yeah. I, I would imagine you the 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 Chad Johnson and Mark Lamping and company wouldn't want to give that one up would be my guess. I would
2: think they'd also want Cincinnati. Here. You would
1: think you'd want Joe Burrow here, wouldn't you? you yeah. no, it doesn't always play out that way. So, I mean, the NFL wants good matchups there, too. The, the NFL would love Burrow and Trevor uh, there, too. So, so who I wouldn't... know the
2: stat this year was there. We hadn't had two teams with a fi- over 500 winning percentage play each other overseas yeah. yet. Have we had that by now? I
3: think it broke
1: this year. I think year. it yeah. did,
2: yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: But it took a long, long time. So, So given
1: all of that – if we if we assume we shouldn't assume but if we at least guess that Joe Burrow and and Patrick Mahomes you're going to want them here mm-hmm. if you you guess that they're not going to play a team they've already played over there which is the Texans the the Texans the Colts the Ravens and the 49ers if you assume Tennessee's not going twice which they're not so it really does if that's the case you're looking at Falcons Panthers okay so i mean that so I would guess, and it's a wild guess. I, there's no inside information. I don't want to misrepresent
3: it, but I would guess pretty good chance it's the Falcons or Panthers. Agree or disagree? I, I think it's going to be the Panthers. Would be my guess. Now I'm trying to pull it up. Now the history of the international games because what's probably going to be the tipping point between those two is when was the last time either of them they weren't. played? Well, the Falcons. And went, so that's what
1: the we'll Falcons to... went um, two years. The, the COVID year, the Falcons played there. No Falcons. Point. The Falcons were in London during the COVID year, which was was that twenty one? What was COVID year? Twenty. Twenty. Okay. So the kids. The COVID. Is that was it twenty? Okay. So two thousand twenty. So the uh, the Falcons were there in the COVID yes, year.
3: They played the. the they beat the Jets. Correct. Played, so the, it'll it'll be Carolina. Carolina hasn't been there since. Uh, it, they were there the year or twenty nineteen. Uh, one year earlier. Yeah, one year earlier. So Panthers went in twenty nineteen, uh, and then correct. And then you had uh, Atlanta in 2021. 20, yes. Yeah, so I guess they didn't do it at all in 2020. Have the
1: Bengals been?
3: Yes, they played in 19. Okay,
1: so the Bengals went as recently as the Panthers did.
2: But the Bengals could certainly play a game over yeah. there against, say, like the Titans. So,
1: so, but what, it, well, that's right. But what it comes down to now is, again, I know if I'm Mark Lamping and Chad Johnson and Scott Massey and in charge of ticket sales. Mm hmm. I definitely want the Bengals and the Chiefs here. I also will tell you if I'm Doug Peterson, I want the Bengals or the Chiefs here. Now that doesn't mean that's what they're going to do, but I can tell you if I'm those folks, those are two good teams now with two big-time quarterbacks. I'd love to play them on my turf, sleep in my bed, have my fans there and you know the fans are, are, are back to pack in the place now. So I I would
3: I would think that's a,
1: what's So it
2: could be, sorry Hayes, it could be Trevor Lawrence v CJ Stroud potentially. Yeah.
3: What's interesting is that San Francisco has not played there. Since then? Since the 2013 game, the the Jaguars' de- London debut. Uh, at least not that I'm seeing I on thought this. they
1: played really. Now, I
3: still don't think they would make it, the 49ers. The, the Jags played them in 13? 13. It was the first game. Uh, it was the first game in London, and then they played the Cowboys the next year in the second game. Okay. Uh, and uh, it was a close game. It was uh, San Francisco forty-two, Jaguars ten. Yeah. Um, in a game that wasn't that close, uh, I can tell you because I, I was there, and uh, it was over at midway through the second quarter. Um, but yeah, that is odd that San Francisco hasn't been back. I, I still they
2: don't... did play in Mexico City this past season. The Forty ers okay. did. They played the Carol. I mean, the which Cardinals. isn't nearly as far for yeah, no, far for no. them. Yeah, but technically an international think, game.
3: Yeah. But, I, I mean, I think the – the and, again, they could play, uh, you know, maybe – well, I guess I don't think they're scheduled to play the Bills or the Titans. So, anyway, uh, it's it, San Francisco seems to be up to go, due to go, but I don't think the, the Jaguars would want that because, again, now you're talking about it's already going to be a 16-year gap between right. the 49ers playing in Jacksonville if you play them again in London, right. by the time they get back here, you're going to be talking about like three decades yeah. basically since. Good.
1: So, Yeah, and, and to that end, I would like to see – again, the 49ers are very good. If if it if, if it's the 49ers, then then both they and us have long trips. There's longer, but both have long trips. If it's the 49ers here, they have a long trip, and, we, and our guys sleep in their own bed. So, you'd – I mean, again, I, I would – if it was me, I wouldn't want it to be the 49ers, the Chiefs, or the Bengals.
3: I, I wouldn't either. You because those are again those are attractive prime time games. So you would want the chance of those games being here and being selected for Monday Night Football, possibly Sunday Night Football. Uh, so yeah, I, I would think it's going to be Carolina or Atlanta. Um, but if I had to, if I had to pick it, I'd say it's going to be Carolina. Yeah. So so we'll, so we'll see which one it is. And again, we we know it'll be. Uh,
1: me too. but I would be okay with either. I do hope it's one of those two. I, I, it is my hope that it winds up being one of those two. So we'll see whether or not it does. It's going to be fun though. Uh, all, all kind of fun. I, I can't wait to see how they draw next year. I mean, I, I think the Jags will really draw next year. If not, if not total sellouts every game, I'll bet every game feels like these. I mean, as long as they play well, long. I mean, no matter what happens Saturday, I will bet you season ticket sales will be off the chart. I will bet you there will be great crowds in it. Even even we don't have shade yet. September games are going to be hot. I get that. Wouldn't be wouldn't mind having one or two of those September games at night, which is more a possibility than it has ever been. And and that's one thing. There's no moral victories on Saturday. You either win or you lose. But if you lose thirty eight thirty four, and Trevor throws four touchdowns, then that makes primetime possibilities. Way better, even though you didn't win, because cause people nothing else are gonna want that rematch, the, the, the prime time that chief that Mahomes Trevor rematch next year.
3: I, I do think from a marketing standpoint, ticket sales standpoint, they are playing with house money now. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything that could happen in Arrowhead on Saturday that would diminish the excitement. Um, I agree with that. Even, even if they got beat forty-one to ten, as disappointing as that would be. Uh, I still think that there would be a ton of excitement and you would have the casual Jaguar fan back and totally engaged in the off season uh in in looking at a, a very attractive home slate and saying, Yes, this is uh this is something that we need to participate in. So I, I think from that standpoint it's house money. I, I don't buy into that it's house money, you know, when you're this close to or they're still not this close, but you're still one of eight teams that can win the Lombardi trophy. But from the excitement standpoint, I, I, I don't think there's anything that uh, they that could throw a, a bucket of water over it. I, I think that they're in, in excellent position. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. And a lot of these games are, are absolutely going to be, I think, attractive from you know a matchup standpoint. It's just going to be a question of do TV executives want to put the Jaguars brand on Monday Night Football, particularly when you can't flex out of that. Yeah. You can at least flex out of Sunday Night Football. But I think there'll be more of a belief that the Jaguars, as long as Trevor Lawrence is healthy, I, they're not. you're not going to wake up and find the Jaguars are 5-8 and eight through 13 anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. We'll take a break. When we come back, let's get it to this Jaden Rashada thing.
1: Uh, Brett Hastings is our uh, legal analyst, and he will join us on the program. What legal rights does Rashada have if he tries to sue – somebody from reneging on what he says was a $13 million contract. That's next. Stay with us. Skinner today on Old Rock Thursday is the Jags head to Kansas City. Frank Frangie hates carlion Lauren Brooks, and Andrew Gibson. Now let's
0: say hello to our pal, Fred Hastings. Not just Skinner. That's, that's my favorite Skinner song. It's my, wife's,
1: it's my wife's too. That's why he got uh, there. it got played. Suzanne's favorite Skinner song is Simple Man.
0: I've even I've even told some of my buddies, whenever I get to the end of the career and could buy a big sport fisherman, we may name it Simple Man. There you so, go. That's yeah. good stuff, yeah, it's you great
1: know? stuff. Yep, Suzanne, the same way you are, Brett. So, how you doing, man? Good to talk to you. We're getting ready to head out to uh, Kansas City. So we're excited about that. But, uh, but I wanted to ask you about this as we embark on sports and courts here. The, the, the whole Jaden Rashada thing, I read all these reports that he and his quote-unquote camp are considering legal action against somebody whether that means it's the Gator Collective or Florida or for re, for what they say is reneging on a deal how does this work Brett how does yeah. the do they have do does he have legal ground to stand on
0: well it, it's, it all comes down to a contract right yeah. there's a contract out there that you know, a, you know we would assume sets sets forth terms you know you do x you'll you'll earn this y compensation right uh getting ready for this I've never looked at the Gator Collective website have any of you guys ever looked at it I have have you have you Hayes I have not I haven't either Go So on. it's uh you know it's you know that's where the Gator Collective comes in the Gator Collective is a fan club that connects athletes with fans while allowing the athletes to earn compensation for their name image and likeness the collective facilitates interactions between fans and athletes through a wide variety of platforms including live interactive virtual you know interviews, in person fan events, you know, signing of balls, all these different things. And so what what's interesting and to kind of get this started, there was a bill put forward, it's not been passed yet, right? To try to change what we already have as the name, image and likeness statute in the state of Florida. And what the language read before, and I don't think anybody picked this up or it wasn't that big of a deal, it said it prohibits schools and their employees from causing compensation to be directed to players. So that's sort of why UF would completely stay out of it, as opposed to say, hey, Pepsi, maybe you should come over here and talk to Rashada, okay? So the university was steering clear of it, and this Gator Collective comes in place. You know, I went, I've looked up the entity Uh, There's an Edward Rojas, who is a Gator baseball player. He's the guy listed as a registered agent, helped to set up the Gator Collective. Uh, What's interesting is they have an athlete board, great former Gators, Cornelius Ingram, Ben True. And then when it says executive board of the Gator Collective today, for some reason, that part of the website's down, right? Like the guys, the money men, none of the names are up there. Um, And so... You know, we've all heard about the Gator Collective. I'm not sure how much, you know, they do have Billy Napier on a video uh, when you first come into it, but, you know, it says we're, it does say, you know, we're not a not-for-profit entity, right? Uh, We're an LLC, as they were set up. I think there's so much going on here where people don't necessarily know what they're doing. They're trying to react to the environment, but it, it sounds like, without a doubt, there was a deal. And and when we say deal, a contract that was given to Rashada, right? And I'm sure that's sign a national letter of intent, and then X compensation will happen. You know, this $13 million, I don't know. That just seems like an incredibly large amount of money. But you wonder, is that broken up year by year, whatever it is? But I would assume that there was some payment that was supposed to be made with whoever he contracted with. That payment wasn't made, and so what they're saying is, is, "Hey, we want to enforce that payment." Now, what is that for? Right? Is that solely for his name, image, and likeness, or was that come to the University of Florida and to compete as an athlete? You know, I, I just I would love to see this contract. I would love to see the language. I would love to see how it's structured.
1: Are there circumstances, Brett, where okay, um, I want to I want to go. Uh, sue acme company okay but when i go to sue them i realize they've dissolved the corporation it doesn't exist anymore can i oh, yeah. then can i then sue the principal uh, the guy i mean you see what i mean can you can you generally, take it beyond no. that
0: generally no you know w- one of the reasons that we create companies are so that if business ideas and other things fail that we don't like sort of destroy the this individual's you know ability to you know take care of his family or anything else now when somebody goes and procures things through fraud, criminal acts, stuff like that, then that's different, right? You know, we talk about piercing the corporate veil. There's some other things there. It'd be a, you know, real interesting whole other show to be able to do it. But more likely than not, you know, they're protected here. Uh you know, these are deals to say, hey, we're gonna help these athletes profit from their name, image and likeness, right? I can't say anything. I can't give you guys a legal opinion without this contract. But how is this not pay for play? Okay. How is it not? Right. So I would be really interested to say, okay, well, if you didn't come to compete, how do you get the money? Right. Or what's the initial inducement? Do you get a payment of X to sign a national letter of intent? Right. Uh, How does any of that work?
2: Shouldn't the NCAA ask for these contracts? To be able to investigate because it's against the NCAA rules?
0: Sure. But I mean, you know, we've said it on sports and courts for probably, what, getting to a decade now, Frank? Yep. Um, Is the worst governing body. I wouldn't say just in sports, I'd put it, you know, out there anywhere. They don't know what to deal with here, you know? That's where they're really worried. You know, one of the other things that's out on the, this, the, um, sports and courts landscape but it's directly kind of involved with what we're talking about today is that um you know there is a lawsuit that's been filed right where essentially they they're trying to say that athletes right just like a lot of the the students that work in a like student study capacity or they're part of research they do things to advance the university work study programs right those 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 people are compensated so there's a lawsuit now saying you need to co- you need to compensate players because they're going out putting 40, 50 hours and to you know forward a lot of these universities' missions and some of the original or not original but initial uh, you know opinions that we've seen from various national labor boards and, and we've seen in some of these cases that's another place where these things are going forward. So understand right now in the landscape legally. A student athlete can make money on their name, image, and likeness. Right now, there's this other issue, right? And this is something that I think the NCAA is going to be really worried about because then it goes to all of the members, right? Because can you can the University of Florida and Florida State and Miami and Georgia compensate these players, right, for time and work study? They can, but then you know how does that work at Amherst, and you know how does that work at Austin P, and how does that work at these other places? So. I think the NCAA is really I mean, they're they're responding to lawsuits and I don't think they have much in the way of uh of any type of um direction here and I don't really think they have any real ability to do anything, you know? Um I mean that statute that I was just telling you about how they're gonna change the language and the language that they wanna say is that you know, allow universities to facilitate deals but not be able to pay players or recruits, mm-hmm. right? right? I mean, what can Strickland do right now?
1: Well, that, that's just it. It, it. The whole thing is broken, and and it's clearly an enticement even though it's not supposed to be. Final thing, your best guess, your best guess, I know you haven't seen the contract, I get it, and I, and I respect that. You're a lawyer who needs to read contact before you know. But your best guess at how the Rashada thing ends, not where he lands, we don't know that, um it goes away somebody has to pay him money what's your best guess
0: um i think they're trying to leverage to get him out of his uh national letter of intent right yeah. because right now he's got to sit out for a year in an environment where everybody else could move around so i'm sure what his what his um representatives are saying hey we had a deal you didn't make good on the deal i shouldn't be restrained okay Maybe the university saying, "Hey, you can go wherever you want, Rashada, but don't go to Florida State, don't go to Georgia." Right. And he's saying, "You know what? You didn't make good on your deal. I should be able to go anywhere I want." And so, hey, we'll 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 go and institute this litigation, or we'll air sort of this dirty laundry, or what have you. Or they may feel like, you know what? I've got a clear issue for an ability to be paid here and want to enforce it. You know, maybe I'm not getting all of the thirteen million dollars, but I did these couple of things that I'm supposed to be compensated on you should pay me. So I would think that's what's going on right now from a negotiation standpoint.
1: Brett Hastings from the law firm, the Hastings Injury Law Firm, great work as always uh. Brett, we appreciate it, man. Take care, buddy.
0: Appreciate you. Take All care. All right, Brett
1: Hastings And And I and I do. my guess is no one's going to no money's going to change hands and he's going to get out of his letter of intent and get to go wherever he wants. Would that be your guess? Yes. I think that's how it's going to be. We'll talk break. when we come back, uh, back to some NFL football. Uh Byron Leftwich has been fired by the Bucks, other coaches fired. What should the Bucks do to move forward? Hayes has some thoughts. Stay with us.
0: Well, I used to wake the morning for the rooster crow. Searching for
3: soda bottles to get myself some dough.
1: Run them down to the corner. Linda Skinner today on Old Rock Thursday. Of course, we're going to drop a little Duval on you as we head to Kansas City and take that with us. Things are good right here in Jacksonville. They're not so good in Tampa. What should they do? They've already fired the coordinator. How do you move forward? Here's Hayes Carline. All rise. Now, Hayes Carline's
3: closing argument. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Presented by the personal injury law firm of Harold & Harrell. Order. The Tampa Bay Bucs are only two years removed from a Super Bowl championship, which is why they should fully embrace tanking from this point on. Uh, They've done the right thing in terms of they've fired a bunch of coaches. They're keeping Todd Bowles. Uh, You're going to see Tom Brady move on in free agency to a place where he can continue to win. Uh, I think Tampa Bay should take a hard look. It's starting to trade some of its aging assets like Mike Evans. Uh, but the Tampa Bay Bucks need to be fully invested in 2023 and playing losing football to get the number one pick to take USC quarterback Caleb Williams, who will be an instant star in the NFL. Is Atlanta and Carolina in New Orleans scramble to possibly find their quarterback solution this offseason? The Bucks should just play Blaine Gabbert or play Kyle Trask and do whatever they can do to secure the number one pick in twenty twenty three because if they add Caleb Williams, they will instantly become the best team in the NFC South his rookie season.
1: All right. Interesting thoughts. Two or three two or three questions to that though. Here's the problem. You don't know you're going to finish last. Now you can try to tank all you can, but I my concern for that is Caleb Williams looks like he looks like Patrick Mahomes. He looks like the next can't he's Michael Jordan. He I mean he, I mean, he looks like Michael Jordan would come in into the league. He'd be the number one pick in this draft. He'd be right. He'd be and he would be the number one pick in a lot of drafts. So because of that, are they sure they can out tank the next guy? You know what I mean? There's well, you gotta work at it. There will there there will be it might be with no lottery yet in place the NFL. I know you believe there should be one, but with no lottery in the NFL, my goodness. Next year, could be a tank fest like we haven't seen. Don't absolutely. You
3: think? I absolutely think so. Caleb what Caleb Williams does, he he's the perfect NFL quarterback. Uh his escapability, his arm strength, his accuracy, uh he is phenomenal. And uh and obviously he's only going to get better with another year before he enters the draft. So I mean to me, yeah, I, I'm not saying Tampa Bay should be alone in that, but we look at Tampa Bay as a winning right. franchise. I right. mean, again, they just won a Super Bowl. And, and that, I think, allows you a year in which you can put up a 2-15 and, 15 and, uh, and, and your, your fans, I think, can accept it, particularly if they know the prize that's there at the end. And, and, again, it could be Caleb Williams may not be the only great player in that draft. He will be the best player. Uh, but Drake May, I think, can be in that draft as well. Uh, there could be other quarterbacks that, uh, that certainly rise. But Caleb Williams is a special prospect. And I think it's tough to tank if if you haven't had a lot of success recently. But you just won the Lombardi Trophy, tank away Tampa, and go get Caleb Williams.
2: The problem is, if Kyle Trask plays, he's going to be an excellent quarterback in the NFL. So then they won't even need Caleb Williams.
1: There you go. Yeah, I do wonder how many teams really will try to get the first pick. I mean, how many teams really will... Because here's the other question. What if Brady wants to come back to Tampa? It doesn't sound like he does. What if Brady wanted to come back to Tampa? Then what?
3: Well, then I think it would be that you would try to win. You know, if Brady came back to Tampa in 2023, then I think you do everything you can to win the NFC South and improve your team and, you know, and make a run at, at a second Super Bowl with Tom. But I don't think Tom Brady has any interest in returning. Yeah,
1: and
2: I, the other two NFC South teams then would be potentially in competition for that number one pick with the Falcons and the Saints.
1: And, I, and, I, and so it's going to be real. It really will be. How many bad teams? will – How many like bad bad teams will be? The Texans will be bad again. You would think, you, although they got a lot, they have two picks this year, so maybe they're not. And it's not a. And maybe teams at the top this year won't be bad next year because maybe Bryce Young or CJ Stroud will make people better. I mean, the Bears are going to trade out of there, wouldn't you? I would there's think not, there's not there's sure. not much debating that.
3: And I, mean. and I would think the Bears will be you know, have a chance to, to bounce back and, and certainly not be in the in the top pick discussion in, in 24. Uh, I mean, I, I think as far as number one picks go, teams that have it, I don't look at the Bears as a lost cause at all.
2: No, and they've got a lot of money stored up so they can do what the Jaguars recently did and that's spend a ton in free agency and then obviously add to that. With the draft picks, but yeah, you wouldn't think that the Texans are going to be that much better all of a sudden. The Colts also will pick a quarterback, so we'll see who they end up getting and how much better that can make their team.
1: Yeah, so um, so 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 we'll see what winds up happening there. Back to the Chiefs and uh and the Jags for a second. How devastating would it be for the Chiefs if they don't win? Do you think? Do you think people in Kansas City think this is the easy one and the
3: hard ones next week? Oh, I think without a doubt, they they view this as basically a. A little bit of a mini buy, um, from a fan standpoint. I think the the team is taking the Jaguars very seriously, uh. But I I think from a Chiefs fan standpoint, yeah, you're already thinking about who do you want to play, Cincinnati or Buffalo, and what's it going to be like if it's Buffalo on a neutral site. You know, are we booking our you know a trip to Atlanta? Uh, I I think it's that. I I don't think there's overwhelming pressure on the Chiefs. Their window is is certainly not close to. Closing, Mahomes is twenty seven. Uh, they have won the Super Bowl uh, with him recently, so there'll be disappointment if the Chiefs lose. But I don't, I don't think there's going to be any great pressure on Kansas City to, uh, you know, to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, there'll be disappointment if they don't get it, and there'll be if the game's close. Uh, Sunday or the Jaguars have a lead they will certainly feel that but I don't think they'll feel it in any other magnified way than they would if it was any other team
2: if I'm a Chiefs fan and the Chiefs lose to the Jaguars I'm going to be very frustrated that Tyreek Hill is not still a member of this team because with Mikko Hardman who has just ruled out we had seen he hadn't been practicing he's kind of their deep threat guy without him it does, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still has, a great season, has still had a great season with 41 touchdowns, but it does change their offense a little bit. So if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm thinking if we had Tyree Kill, who was one of the best players yeah. again in the league, we win the Super Bowl year in, year out. All right.
1: So we'll talk more about that as we go. And certainly Hayes and Lauren will have more on the Jags tomorrow. We'll do a little bit of news and notes as well. we get to a few things. Because I, I know this is going to make you very happy, Hayes. I, you know, I care about your happiness. Yeah. I, I care about it. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. So this will be good. Um... So you watched the Gator basketball team make two shots in the first half last night, right? Mm-hmm. The, um, and you said the other day that the, as a Gator fan, as a Gator sports fan,
3: this might be like the toughest time ever?
1: Yeah, I'd say that's fair.
3: I've been spoiled. I will concede that. But. So
1: in football, basketball, and baseball, would you like me to take you through 1990 through 2015, 25 years? Absolutely. Would you like to know how the 25 years went there for those three sports? Brooks, would you like to know how they went? Sure. (laughs) Because you got me thinking about this. This is Florida athletics in the top three sports, the three most watched sports, from 91 through 2015, which is 15 years. Okay? (laughs) Football, three national championships, four title games, eight SECs, two Heisman trophies. Basketball, two national championships, three national championship games, five Final Fours, nine Elite Eights. Baseball, eleven trips to the College World Series, three trips to the Championship Series, one title. How have we done since fifteen? That's what I don't know since then. Yeah. Can I mean, you ever? if you thought? There's you just, been
2: a baseball title since then.
1: Uh, since
2: fifteen?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Twenty seventeen. Okay. So there has one Baseball title. Got
2: baseball.
1: Can you That's imagine how how it's changed? It's incredible. I mean, it's it's. And I know it's all cyclical. But, yeah. and and i and i'm a big you know i like Scott Strickland i'm a big Scott Strickland fan i hope he hope he turns it around and does great there but the jeremy Foley era is like no era in the history of college sports would you i mean yeah,
3: in, so in, in the history of college sports uh, it's incredible i mean it's absolutely incredible how much they dominated the college landscape in in, in those like you said in those three sports uh, i mean that those accomplishments are unparalleled i mean they played in seven national championship games, seven in football and basketball. Seven. And played for the – in the College World Series, final series twice in that span, I yeah, think. And, Didn't and, win it either way. And won 11 times. And won 11. Yeah. I but, mean but – I, But I mean – It I, was 15 years of of great times. I mean, it, it was, and it, unfortunately, it. it's over.
1: <laughs> anyway, I do, I do, what made me look that up is I thought, okay, poor Hazy's going to jump off bridges. So let me just give him something to jump with, you know. <laughs> I, I didn't want you to jump alone, so let me. I wanted to arm you with some some information here. I, I thought, but and, that's
2: also why Gator fans are known to be so now incredibly impatient.
1: And I've looked at other schools that could possibly not match that, but could be on that in the in the conversation of great of great of widespread greatness. I don't know that I USC in the '70s football and baseball. I think They won like like eight baseball titles. And two football titles they didn't have basketball. Um, but I thought about USC. Um Arizona had a baseball and a basketball title, I want to say either in the same year or close to it, but never had football. Um Ohio State had some great football and basketball runs, but they won, but they never won a basketball title. Michigan won basketball titles twice and won football titles. So I guess they were they were the closest, right? A football title in '97 and a basketball title in '89 and more recently, so they were closer. But nobody really, nobody can run off playing in seven championship games in football and basketball. Well, playing in nine if you count baseball. Pretty amazing stuff. It was Which you'll amazing. never see
3: again the rest of your life. You won't. It's, I mean, and and again, that shouldn't be the that's that's ridiculous. I mean, success. Yeah. That's that's something that you can't expect, but. I do expect to be better than you know subpar in football uh <laughs> so, you, so you, and, and again, it's tough these these are new coaches and you know but i I mean certainly just the football of the last seven years they've had some some good moments they've gone to some new Year's six bowls I mean it hasn't been a a, a complete disaster but uh but yeah i mean i i think I think we could be having a conversation three years from now where Florida football and Florida basketball. Haven't done a ton, yeah. So you know, so you think this year, where football went six and seven, and basketball's on its way to twelve and sixteen, is now what you're looking for? Not what you're looking for. But again, (laughs) it's their first year, so it's it's hard to. I know. I just you know. But yeah, it's it's it's, not good, not good right now. (laughs) At least
2: the shutout streak was preserved.
1: That's exactly right. We'll take it right. Let's wrap the program uh, after this. uh, Lawrence got news and notes
2: what's going on in the world it's time for frangie show news and
0: notes here's lauren brooks
2: so we had today sweet home alabama give me three steps simple man ballad of curtis Lowe, which is my favorite and now tuesday's gone
1: yeah well, Freeberry. We didn't get Tuesday's Gone. That's right. what I was going to say. And, we, and, I didn't, and what's your name is probably the, the right. other big one. But I said, my wife loves Simple Man. I know you love Bella, Curtis Lowe. So yes, I, thank I, you. I elevated those two. A bit. What's your if I was playing them in order of recognizability, it would be Sweet Home This, Give Me Three Steps, and What's Your Name, I would think the top four. you think that's the one? Those are the four people know the best. I would
2: yeah, I think Tuesday's Gone is another one people know. But yeah, I still think Simple Man, too. Yeah. For some reason, didn't that? Song get covered somewhat recently.
1: No, all I know is a uh, Jacksonville band Shinedown did it. Okay, Hackers swears it's better.
2: That would I be his hacker. opinion.
3: That's I all that. I need to hear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> News and Notes is brought to you by Doubled Up Sport Fishing Charters. Uh, we have some friends that are about to book a trip. Make sure you do the same. You can do half day, full day, or even overnight private fishing charters aboard the luxury 50 foot custom Carolina. You've got to see that gorgeous boat with Captain John Sheffield. It is just an amazing day, so make sure you visit com to book your charter or find them on Facebook. Dan Orlovsky, I love his breakdowns on Twitter. He did one today with video uh, evidence to go along with it, but here's what he said. The Jaguars' comeback against the Chargers happened because, one, they dialed up great red zone concepts. Two, Trevor Lawrence found the one-on-ones. And hit them, and three, no fear of failure.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I, I read that too. And, and Orlovsky breaks stuff down, but and you, there's a lot of different ways. But yeah, I, I think you find guys open, and you're not afraid to take the shot. I agree with that.
2: Yeah, and if you watch the the video concepts, he does a great job not just breaking down the red zone stuff, but also that big fourth uh, down conversion to Marvin Jones. He explained how Doug Peterson ran that same play with the Eagles back in 2017 in the Super Bowl against the. Uh, Patriots, and then obviously we saw the same thing against the Chargers. So, Doug Peterson doesn't necessarily Hayes have to come up with brand new stuff all the time in order to be effective.
3: Yeah, I mean, again, we we were saying this early on, even when the Jaguars weren't winning. He's the most gifted offensive mind this franchise has ever had, and I think by a, a, a mile. I mean, it, it's it's remarkable what Doug Peterson has done. And again, give him an off season, give him an off season with this quarterback with the players that are going to be coming back, where they're not having to install, the install's done, and they're working on the nuances of of the offense, and they're able to pay a little bit more attention to scouting the, the defenses, uh, particularly in the division. They are just lifting off on this thing, and that's, what, that's what's so exciting about it.
2: The Chargers fired their offensive coordinator, but Brandon Staley, the head coach, will remain in place. When asked if he felt like his job was in jeopardy, he bluntly said no. So
1: coordinators are getting it left and right. By the way, Byron Leftwich got it today. There are Greg- ten
2: teams with offensive coordinator openings.
1: Greg Roman got it today. Is that amazing? I mean, I guess it's always the coordinators. I mean, the coordinators are getting. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean coordinators are getting it left and right. Well,
3: well, again, the Chargers is a good example of be be thankful that your owner is a rich owner because you would think that every owner in the NFL, all thirty two situations is one in which money isn't really an object and that is not the case it's not the case with the chargers uh dean spanos if he had money would probably have fired brandon staley and paid sean payton the 15 20 million a year it's going to take to to lure him and if he had money by the way he would have helped build a stadium and never left san diego but he he uh, can't do it he he can't do it and as stunning as that is he he can't make that commitment Uh, I think, you know, the Raiders are in the same position. Uh, Cincinnati is in the same position where the owners just do not have the money that some of the other, most of the other owners in the NFL have. And again, I think it's it's amazing because to me, the carousel doesn't have any real attractive jobs, which is odd because there's like five openings, but none of them, I think, are particularly interesting or, you know, or, or situations where you're stepping into a pretty good situation. The Chargers would have absolutely been that, and, uh, but the owner doesn't have the money. to. This isn't because he believes in Brandon Staley. This is because he doesn't want to write a check to Brandon Staley to go away and then go pay the, the lucrative contract he would have to pay to get Sean Payton. It's a shame if you're a Chargers fan. It's great if you're a Jaguars fan because we need Sean Payton to be outside of the AFC if possible.
2: Did I read that Brandon Staley calls the defensive plays for the Chargers?
3: He could. He's a, He comes from the defensive side of the
1: ball. So he yeah, does. He yeah. does call them. Okay, Al Michaels pointed that out. That's what I that's that what was going to say.
2: I thought uh, that I read that somewhere online since I was watching the game in the press box, but it, that's interesting because obviously that's the part of their game that really fell apart uh, in the second half against the Jaguars. Frank, you mentioned Greg Roman is out for the Ravens. John Harbaugh, though, today said Lamar Jackson is our quarterback and he will be involved in the offensive coordinator hire.
1: Interesting stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I thought Greg Roman did a real good job of building an offense that suited Lamar Jackson. That's what surprised me. By the way, he's owed $3.5 billion. you see that? As a coordinator. Three and a half as a coordinator. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And the Ravens aren't afraid. No. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, he's making three and a half as a coordinator. But yeah, he, uh, I thought he did a good job building an offense that fit Lamar
3: Jackson. He absolutely did. And, you know, you wonder, you know, what what exactly the the nature of this is. Um, you know, maybe they they want to it was exciting at the time. Now maybe Harbaugh feels like the league is kinda caught up to what they were doing and, and now he wants to bring in, you know, sort of a, a fresh set of ideas. But I would think Greg Roman's gonna have a lot of interest, uh, you know, out there and will probably be an offensive coordinator again whenever he wants to be.
2: He was in the mix for the Jaguars position several years ago now, right? I remember Under they, Gus Bradley. I, he's really yeah. close
3: with Dave Caldwell. They went
2: to, yeah. they went,
1: they, they're They both from John Carroll. They both went to college together, yeah.
2: There are 10 teams, like I mentioned, that need offensive coordinators. Ravens, Bucks, Chargers, Commanders, Titans, Rams, Jets, Patriots, Colts, and Cardinals. That's like amazing. That's
1: amazing that there are 10 coordinator openings. That's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that'll be fun to watch, see who gets those jobs.
3: And the carousel is going to be very interesting to see, particularly, you know, the Titans have now hired a GM, so now their search uh, you know, for assistance can, you know, yeah. probably, you know, pick up a little bit. But Go yeah, beta. there there's so many, yeah, there's so many uh intriguing decisions that the other three teams in the division still have to make. Yeah. And it's gonna it's going to be a large part of whether the Jaguars pretty much get the division handed to them for the next three or four years, or if there's going to be greater resistance than maybe what we believe there's going to be.
2: We talked about it earlier in the show, the Jaguars will play at Wembley stadium in 2023. The bills and the Titans will play at Tottenham hotspur. And then the chiefs also in London, the chiefs and Patriots will play in Germany. We believe the Jaguars with our deductive uh, sleuth skills we believe the jaguars would play most likely either the falcons or the panthers. Yeah,
1: if you if you eliminate of the teams they could play, which is the road opponents, if you eliminate the teams they've played before over there and you eliminate what we think they would want as home games, meaning chiefs, bengal's, who else? who else I'll leave out. Um just somebody else. Anyway, if you uh, 49ers. 40, yeah. yeah, if you if you if well they and they've played them over there before. But if you assume the chiefs and bengal's they'd want to play them here, and you eliminate the teams they've already played over there, that leaves the Falcons and the Panthers. We don't know if it'll play out that way, but that's that's what deductive reasoning would tell us.
2: That was our best guess. Uh, We have not gotten to this at all. Live Golf has reached a multi-year broadcast television and streaming agreement with the CW Network to air every one of its live tournaments.
1: I think that's a big deal for them. The CW isn't a particularly big network, but the one thing they had missing was American television. Now, I don't know how many markets the CW has a station in, but I would assume it's most of them, right? I, I again, I don't know that, and it's certainly not one of the big four. But I think that is sig- that is a significant step for for the live tour that that you're going to be able to turn on a television in America, not a streaming service, a television in America and see their see their 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 stuff.
3: It, it will be interesting to see if they're able to find any traction. Uh, in 2023 because it just it feels like they just don't it it doesn't it does feel like no one talks about other than the controversy of its existence uh no one really talks about any of the golf that that happens on that tour and uh if if you know if if you never change that then i just don't see how it's gonna remotely have any staying power other than just continuing to throw millions into it with getting really nothing back out of it. Uh, and and I think the golf year is going to be fantastic because there are so many up-and-coming players or so many young players that have already done great things on the PGA Tour. Uh, I mean, I, I think we're getting ready. It, golf is funny because we sort of go away from it for three or four months during football. And then uh, when it kicks back, it's always so much fun. And I, I think this year, the Players' Championship, the majors, I, I think it is going to be an unbelievable, entertaining year for golf.
2: I certainly agree. All right, that's a wrap for news and notes. Frank, this may be the last time we get to talk to you, depending on your schedule for yep. tomorrow. So how are you feeling about Saturday?
1: Uh, and I'll, I'll find a way to check in during the program tomorrow. Look, I feel uh, I, I think the Chiefs are the favorite team. They're the better team. They're the team expected to win the Super Bowl by most, I think. And when you're playing a team that is the Super Bowl favorite, uh, they lead the league in off all, every offensive category, it feels like. Uh, they're at home. They've got a great home crowd. It'll be sold out. They've got a great coaching quarterback. It's going to be hard. But I love the fact that we're in it. I love the fact that we're down to eight and we're still playing. The AFC's down to four and we're still playing. I love every bit of it. I, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I can't wait to get there. It's going to be cold. It's going to be fun. And you know what? That's why they played the a game. So I'm, I, I've, I'm, I'm not going to tell you I'm weirdly confident they're going to win. Um, I'd be lying. I'd be disingenuous if I said that. But I will tell you I'm confident that they're going to Fight like a son of a gun, I think they're going to get it in the second half. I think there's
3: a damn good chance it's a fourth quarter game, and then who makes the plays in the end? I do believe. I do believe that. Yeah, I think they're going to cover. I think the Chiefs are going to win the game, but I think I think it will be a close game and one that uh, the Chiefs are, are nervous in with yes. four minutes to play. But to pick the Jaguars to go and win this game on the road, I mean, if you take your heart out of it, I just I don't I don't see how you can pick the Jags. I mean, if you put, leave your heart in it then absolutely the Jags go in there and win. But I I just think when you look at it, uh, it's going to be very difficult.
2: Well, the teams with the buys last week – I mean, last season didn't do all that well, so I'll leave my heart in it.
1: Let's hope – you know what, your heart in it, that's a good thing. Folks, that'll do it for our program. But you talk about Jaguar talk, a whole lot more of it coming up. J.P. Shatter, Jeff Logman, and the coach Doug Peterson coming up. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, followed by the Doug Peterson Show. The next two hours, ooh, if you're excited about – Jags and Chiefs, leave it right where you have it right now. We'll turn it over to JP and Company after this. We're out of here. Tomorrow, Hayes and Lauren and Rick Ballew will have afternoon drive. I'll be in Kansas City, but checking in. The big weekend is upon us. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.